Welcome, welcome. This is Cassandra Austin McDonald with the Grow Through It podcast, where I share my personal life experiences and the stories of others who have grown through life's ups and downs and came out on the other side. Listen in as you may become inspired to evolve into the best version of yourself. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode on the Growth Through It podcast. I'm your host, Cassandra Austin McDonald. And today I wanted to have a chat with you all about self-care during this particular season and time of the year. It's the holiday season. In some places, it's also turning into uh, the colder months, winter. And so there's a lot of changes happening Uh, simultaneously during this time of year with holidays and seasonal changes. And for those of us who can be sensitive to changes in that way, especially around this time of the year, I wanted to talk about self-care because oftentimes, uh, you know, we, we can feel bad, if you will, if you're not in the holiday spirit, or if you're not as excited as other people are during this time of the year, you could feel some mixed feelings. Um, There are people who are grieving right now. And there's just so many things that are happening uh, that coincide with this particular season that may not actually be a match for the jolly, you know, happy time that you may see other people experiencing. And so I just wanted to chat about that a bit because this is actually a time of a year that I most struggled with for a good part of my life. You know, this is the time of the year where, uh, as a little girl, uh, had some losses with grandparents passing. And so the holidays just never quite seemed the same to me. And on top of that, prior to the Mr. And I moving to the sunshine state of Florida, I struggled and suffered from seasonal affective disorder. And typically that would start hitting around October. And so by now, you know, I would be two months deep into this thing and really uh, just trying to manage, you know, the, the sadness around certain family members no longer being here and that the holidays weren't the same because the memories I had with them of the holidays were the best memories I ever had. And then on top of that, trying to, you know, manage the seasonal changes living in Illinois at the time. And so it was a lot to, to handle. And so when I would see people who were like really jolly and joyful and happy, I would feel guilty. I felt so guilty because I didn't feel those feelings. You know, I, I would try to put on a mask for my son when he was younger and throughout, you know, his childhood, you know, I would decorate and uh, take him to go see the lights and do all the things, you know what I mean? And I tried so hard to put a mask on just to protect his own innocence and his childhood memories. But I remember internally, I did not feel the feelings of jolly or joy or happiness. I always felt sadness and grief um, and guilt because I did not feel internally what I was seeing around me with everyone just being in this joyful spirit. And then on top of that, the holidays were always weird for me because I don't have a close relationship 
with my family. Um, actually, I probably would consider myself estranged from my core nuclear family. And so when I used to live in Illinois, you know, we would get together and it always felt fake. It didn't feel genuine. It just felt like this obligatory checking something off a box because someone orchestrated this gathering, but I never felt connected to them. I never felt like no one took a genuine interest in who I am or what, um, what I was doing at that time or anything about me. It just felt very fake. The conversations were surface. No one wanted to have hard conversations that I felt were necessary for years. And it, it always turned into this sweeping things under the rug ordeal. And let's just pretend like we're a happy family when we're not. And it was just the weirdest thing, you guys. And so this time of the year always came with some dread and gloom for me, unfortunately. Um, you know, granted, when my son was growing up, I felt like I had this dual experience where I was happy to do things with him, of course, right? Like literally I would do all the things with him. We would bake the cookies. And I even did this with my bonus son. You know, I met my bonus son, my husband's son when he was younger. And so when we would have the boys together during the holidays, you know, I would do this with them, um, bake cookies and we would do different things. And that really gave me joy. And I remember things started to shift for me around this time of the year actually, uh, was when I met my husband. When we had our first Christmas together, it was, oh my gosh, let's see. It was um, about four months in. Yeah, about four months in of us knowing each other and dating. Uh, his son came to Illinois from Florida and he spent some time uh with the mister and then we all spent the Christmas holiday together and I remember that's when I first started feeling that feeling of joy and I remember feeling like like I like I was building my own family you know what I mean and even though some people may be listening like oh it took you to have a man to feel like that and you had a son and it's like I get why people would think that but um Granted, for a long time, you guys, I literally lived the closest to my parents than my sisters, and I never heard from anyone, like, through the whole year. I would not hear from people. <laughs> I was the one, you know, reaching out and trying to maintain connections. It was very one-sided. And so when the holidays would come around, everybody wanted to pretend like we were this big, happy family. And it just, it was very, um, it just felt fake. That's the best way I can describe it. I know it's like simple terms to use, but it just, it, it, and it, it was very hurtful for me. And so having these experiences with the mister and our two boys, it really, it led me to feel like I was finally creating my own family. Um, and so that's that with the holidays and now with the, with the seasonal changes, oh my gosh, you guys, it took years to get this really, really narrowed down. I remember when I was working with my former therapist and for the first couple years of our work together, we noticed a pattern around October. My mood shifted. I started to feel unmotivated. I started to, um, that's when I would start to put on weight. 
um, my habits would start to change. Like everything about my way of being was being altered. And she was the one who actually introduced me to seasonal affective disorder. And she would, she told me, she was like, I think you have seasonal affective disorder. And I was like, okay, well tell me what more, what is that? <laughs> you know? Cause at the time I had no idea what this was. Um, I had heard of depression and anxiety and PTSD and, you know, different, um, conditions that I was aware of that I had struggled with, but the seasonal affective disorder was something that I was not familiar with. And so she really just educated me on what that meant and some things and some tools that I could use to cope and manage. And although it's not like a hundred percent cure or fix, it actually did alleviate some of the symptoms I would experience and help me to have some reprieve so that I wasn't just suffering in silence for several months throughout the year and waiting until winter was over and, you know, spring came into a season. And so some of the things that I used to do was for one, I invested in a very, very high quality light therapy lamp. And I believe the brand is Verilux, V as in Victor, Verilux uh, light therapy lamp. And I would sit in front of that in the morning, whether if I was drinking tea or coffee or, you know, eating my breakfast, I would sit in front of that for about 20 minutes or so. And that is supposed to mimic the UV rays from the sunshine to help to uh, stimulate some of those feel good chemicals in our brain that people like myself get from the sunshine. I really thrive off of the sunshine. Um, and then I would increase my vitamin D supplement intake, um, really try to practice more mindfulness um, and self-compassion. So self-compassion for me looks like monitoring my self-talk and really starting to be cognizant of, am I being kind to myself? Are my thoughts kind? Are my, you know, is my self talk kind to myself or is that inner critic starting to come up where I'm beating myself up and I'm being too hard on myself. And so those are some, some signs for me to watch out for, to know if I've shifted in a way. And so, you know, there's different tools and practices that I use to help me shift out of that. And then another thing is to really just take really, really good care of myself, mind, body, spirit, and to not beat myself up for needing to do that, not feeling the guilt for needing to take it easy, slow it down and to rest. Um, as a high achiever, overachiever, <laughs> uh, and from the trauma that I experienced, you know, and being, you know, hyper independent, um, at, at, at those times in my life, resting was such a hard thing for me to do. You guys, I remember when, um, I was working really hard on my thoughts and I was working really hard on how I felt about rest because for a long time, I used to feel like I was being lazy if I was resting. And some of that was some conditioning that I received, but also some of that was just how I'm wired. I I am an overachiever, a high achiever. I, I take pride in getting things done and accomplishing things. And so that means that there's always a running to-do list, right? <laughs> but what I also learned in my journey is we're not robots. We are not robots. And even God rested on the seventh day when he created all the things. And so I had to really practice reframing and just practice being still 
guilt-free. It, and it took a lot of practice to get to where I'm at today, where I've literally spent the last few days, you guys, resting. Uh, I attended a weekend business intensive event um, where I was masterminding and networking with other women who were also building their businesses. And it was it was really great, you know, connecting with them and, and celebrating our wins for this year and networking and masterminding with them and then also learning from the um, the host. But you guys, for me as an introvert, as an empathic woman, and also just because of the time of year it is, when I got home Sunday evening, I felt wiped. Like I literally could not keep my eyes open Monday. I just felt like my body had been hit by a bus. And so for me, I just automatically knew, okay, there's nothing I need to do. I need to just be. I need to be still. So when we're thinking about self-care, it's not about doing anything. It's about being. And oftentimes when I'm speaking with either clients or students or even women who are interested in working with me, um, you know, I, I work with women in different capacities, but when women come to me for self-care related reasons, you know, my, my heavy hitters, my high achievers, my successful overachieving women, and they come to me and they're like, what do I need to do? And I'm like, you don't need to do anything. You need to be still. And so that right there is a mindset shift in and of itself, because oftentimes when you are wired that way to be high achieving and you're overachiever and you like to get things done, your mind is really programmed and conditioned to believe that you have to do something to get into that peaceful state, to get into that calm, joyful state of being. And actually, it's quite the opposite, you guys. Actually, what I recommend is to just be still, just be Sit in silence, observe what you're thinking, observe what you're feeling, just be. So that's my first tip for you. I didn't even know I was going to offer tips on this episode, but hey, here we are. <laughs> but really just be still. And, and, and I'm so grateful that I'm in this season of my life where I'm able to do that. Uh, like I said, it took years to get here, you guys. I, I literally... I uh, used to feel deep guilt for having to rest. I used to feel like I was being lazy and I used to suffer from a lot of negative self-talk when I needed to rest. And so it took a lot of reframing and years of practice to get to a point where when my body and my mind is like, girlfriend, it's time to shut it down. I, I do it. I do it. And, and granted, I like to be proactive and not get to this place. However, this was a unique situation where, you know, I was at a three-day business event, um, which required some travel. And on top of that, this timing of the year with the seasons and the holidays and stuff. So it's kind of compounded on my entire being. So that's a unique situation because it's been quite a long time where I've been in a state where my body was like, I'm done. That That's kind of almost foreign for me to get into a state like that, like I've been in the last few days. However, I'm able to recognize that it's not about doing anything, rather it's about being, being still. So I have spent the last few days doing that. And each day I can feel my energy returning. I can feel the replenishing of my spirit reviving and I can feel my thoughts getting uncluttered 
and really getting back to that state that is optimal for me. And so if you notice you're even in that state where maybe you're feeling a little fatigued or you're feeling exhausted or you're feeling tired, I want to invite you into just being still, be still. So for me, what did that look like? You may say, Cassandra, what does this look like in practice? Literally, you guys, laying around, taking baths, um, listening to music. For me, also listening to uh, sermons um, and things that fill me up. And so when I and I want to make this clear here, when I'm saying I'm listening to sermons, it's not so I can learn something and take notes. So for my note takers, <laughs> I'm a note taker, too. This is not about let me listen to this podcast so I can learn something. Let me listen to this audio book so I can learn something. That's me all day. I'm always learning. It's about being in a state of receiving. Just be when you're doing, you're exerting. When you're being, you should be receiving. And so being when I mean by being, I mean being in a state where you're receiving what you need, receiving rest, receiving um that nourishment, that replenishing. So when I'm listening to things, it's things that are going to fill my spirit back up, fuel my soul, things are that are going to pour into me. It's not something that I is required of me to take notes on or to try to retain anything or try to learn something new. It's just me being in a state of receiving. Okay. Because remember what's in the cup is for us. And what we give to others, we want to make sure we give from a place of overflow. So when you're putting yourself in a state of receiving, you want to receive until you feel like your cup is overflowing so that when you are back interacting with people or you're back um, doing whatever it is you do in the world, that you're giving from a place of overflow. And if you are like myself and you have a partner and you have family, communicate with them and let them know. You know, I've had to tell my husband, like, I I feel really tired and fatigued. Um, I think that weekend uh, trip took a lot more out of me than I anticipated. And I just need time to rest. And he kind of just leaves me be and he asks me if I need to talk, if I need anything. And then that's that. So really just putting yourself in a state of being so you can receive. Okay. Um, the next thing I want to point out is if you struggle with this time of year, you know, really practice reframing and giving yourself compassion and grace and kindness. So like I shared before, I spent many years really, really struggling with the holiday season and, for years, I thought something was wrong with me because I didn't feel the same joy that other people felt. I didn't have that, you know, jolly, good, lucky feeling. I felt sadness. I felt grief. Um, if I'm being transparent with you all, a part of me kind of had that feeling of it's not fair. Uh, I have the best memories with my grandfather. And so when he was no longer here with us, when I, you know, when I was a kid growing up, I felt his absence. It was like a void. Every year I felt the void and and it just never was the same for me. And it really took years of trying to find my way and coming up with my own ways of being around this time of year. Being a mother helped 
tremendously with that. Like I shared, I did all the things with my son, you know, we would decorate and we do the cookies and we go, go shopping and go look at the lights and, you know, we would do all the things and that really helped build memories with him. Um, but for a long time, I used to beat myself up and feel guilty and feel like something was wrong with me because I wasn't feeling on the inside what I saw everybody else exuding. And what I had to do was I had to reframe and tell myself that there's nothing wrong with me and that it was okay to feel how I felt. And I challenged myself to find moments of joy. And, and I didn't put the pressure to say, I have to feel joy 24 seven. I have to be happy 24 seven. I have to be in complete joy and bliss like everyone else 24 seven during this holiday season. And instead I gave myself permission to live in the and. What do I mean by that? Well, as human beings, we are very dualistic creatures. We have dual experiences. We experience sadness and we experience joy. We experience um, confusion and we experience clarity. We experience doubt and we experience confidence. You know, we, we experience both sides of the coin. And so what I started to do is I started to give myself permission to be sad and grieve and find the moments of joy when they showed up for me. And I remember when I first started to realize this was happening, I don't even remember how old my son was, but we were driving through a really nice neighborhood where I used to live in Illinois. And this was the type of neighborhood, y'all, where the entire neighborhood for blocks and blocks and blocks would have all the lights, right? It was like a show. And it was absolutely beautiful and miraculous and mesmerizing and breathtaking and I knew by going into this, you know, experience, my son would enjoy it. It would create a memory for us, but it also would remind me of the memories with my grandfather. He used to do the same thing with us when we would spend the holidays with um, him and my aunts and my grandma, where he, they would drive through the neighborhoods in Indiana when we were there for the holidays and we would see all the lights. And I remember, you know, the awe that I felt as a little girl, like looking at all this and the wonder and how magical I thought it was. And so I would take my son to do the same experience. And so in that moment, I remember when I first experienced joy and sadness at the same time. And my son's eyes were all lit up and my eyes were lit up and I thought it was so beautiful, but I also remember tears started rolling down my face because I was remembering the experience I had with my grandfather and just really missing him, but also enjoying the time I was having with my son. And that's when things started to shift for me, you guys, where I gave myself permission to not force myself into having someone else's experience, rather giving myself permission to have my own experience and that it was okay that I was feeling sadness and grief and joy and wonder at the same time. Whoever told us that we have to only be happy 24 seven is part of, probably part of that toxic positivity culture. You know, that's just not realistic for the human experience. As humans, we, ex we experience a wide range of emotions. We experience a wide range of circumstances and it creates a lot of different thoughts and feelings within ourselves. 
And one of the gifts that we get to give ourselves is the gift of accepting our reality as it is and giving ourselves permission to live in the and that it's okay that if you're in a season in your life where you're experiencing two different feelings, especially if you experienced a loss recently or more recently, you may notice that you're experiencing sadness and grief and you're also experiencing moments of joy. And one does not have to discount or counteract the other. They both can coexist. You have the capacity as a human to give yourself space for both. You can expand yourself to receive both. And so that's one reason why I, I'm so passionate about the work I do as a coach and a personal growth strategist is really helping my clients to expand their awareness and to expand the way that they are experiencing their life experiences right here, right now, because sometimes we can get caught into two worlds, whether if it's living in the past or projecting in the future and wishing for things to be different, but you rob yourself of the gift of the now. In the now, right here, right now, this present moment is the best gift that you have. Despite what you've experienced, despite setbacks, despite obstacles, despite losses, despite what you wish would have been, what you thought should have been, right here, right now is your gift, the present. How ironic that we call presence, presence. (laughs) When the present is actually our gift. And so I really hope that during this time of the year, you give yourself permission to just be in whatever state you're in, in the moment. Give yourself permission to rest. Give yourself permission to be. Give yourself permission to experience the and, the dual experiences of your own life. Take the pressure off yourself. The more pressure we put on ourselves, I noticed for me personally, the more it feels like I'm just adding more to whatever I'm dissatisfied with. I'm not helping it to become any easier, any better. I'm adding to the problem. And when I just get still and I practice my self-care and I practice reframing my thoughts and I practice being present and I just take all that crap off that doesn't belong to me, you know, this pressure to be, do, or have whatever it is that society is telling me to do. And I just be present with what is going on with my world right here, right now, and give myself permission to feel whatever I'm feeling. It's like this sense of relief comes over me. And so if you notice that this is a time of the year where you're like, man, I'm really not feeling it at all. It's okay. It is okay that you're not feeling it. I've been there. I have been there many times. And what really helps me is to just accept it, not to beat myself up for it, not to be hard on myself for it, not to say I should be feeling this way. I should be doing this. It really just, it is what it is, you know, just, it is what it is. And then encourage yourself to find those moments of joy. You know, this morning, I sat on our balcony uh, 
it was so impromptu and unplanned. I actually was going to walk back into our bedroom where my sacred self-love space is to do my morning routine. And, you know, I was going to read my devotional and meditate and pray and journal and all that good stuff. And right when I walked past the patio door, it was like this still small voice was like, go outside. And I feel like that was the voice of God really just saying, go outside, you know, get some fresh air, sit outside. And so I, I took my stuff outside, my journals and my books. Um, I made my coffee and I put it out there and I brought a blanket out there because it's a, it's a bit chilly in the mornings here in Florida now. And then, uh, I brought my lavender count, count, ah, <laughs> my lavender, uh, candle and I lit it and I put it out there on the table And I just sat out there, you know, and it was it was a really, really wonderful moment. And it really helped to shift some things in my day. And it was like I felt this fresh energy coming over me. And so one thing I would encourage you to do is change things up a bit. You know, sometimes just changing things up a bit helps to shift stagnant energy and to shift the way that we're feeling. And so if you have a routine that you're very religious to and you stick to, uh, shift it, you know, shift it, switch it up a bit and see if you notice some changes within yourself and just take it one step at a time. You guys, one step, one moment at a time. Life is not a race. It's a marathon. And we have to remember that on this journey called life, it's it's more about the journey and who we're becoming and the experiences we're having and the moments we're creating with the memories we're creating more than it is about the destination. And so although, you know, this is a particular time of the year with the holidays, this is not the final destination. This is just a stop along this journey called life. And so we get to define the meaning that we want to give it. And if you want to redefine what this time of the year means for you, you get to do that. It's your life and you get to create a life that you love. I believe that's our divine birthright. You guys, I'm super excited about some things that are coming up here soon. I'm not going to share details as of yet, but I will be making announcements inside of my free Facebook group the empowered self when in love and life. And that is a space where you can stay connected to me. Uh, If you've been listening to the podcast for a while and you're not connected to me uh, in the free Facebook group, I invite you to stay connected to me there, or you can join me on my email list um, at www.cassandraaustinmcdonald.com. Cassandra spelled with one S. And those are the two places where I typically make my announcements first when I have something coming up. And so I do have some things coming up that I can't wait to share with you all, some things to help us shift and to, you know, release some things for 2021 and to shift into this new year coming up. So join me there. I'll make sure to include a a link in the show notes to join me in the Facebook group if you're not there yet. And I hope that you have an amazing, amazing rest of your year. I'm still going to show up here on the Grow Through It podcast because, you guys, this is the 97th episode. So we are on the countdown to 100 episodes. And my goal and intention is to complete 2021 with 100 episodes here on the Grow Through It podcast. So let's see how 
I end this year off with that. And I'm looking forward to staying connected with you all. And I hope that if you've been having a challenging time this time of the year, that this episode really helped you to release any guilt you may have been experiencing and to know that you are not alone. All right. Looking forward to chatting with you all next time. Take care now. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please make sure to subscribe, like, share, and leave your review for the podcast. To learn more, go to www.cassandraaustin.com.